Well, what do you think about? When you're alone. I think I want to get out of this rat hole. I want to get online. I need a computer. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. I am Beth Croft, and here's the John Wick of this podcast. With me, as always, is uh, the Neo of this podcast. I'm talking about Bo Schwartz. Welcome, uh, Bo. Whoa. And, I know and, uh, and, of course, uh, the Ted of this podcast. I'm talking about Ted. Michael Hodgins. Do you know any Michael? classic lines from Bill, Bill and Ted's, and Ted's Excellent, Excellent Adventure? Adventure? It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it, actually. Our, what? You guys need to be excellent to each other it's... and see that movie ASAP. I think so. Yeah, but it's it's like this hazy memory from my youth. Bogus. Um, but uh, yeah, they're making a new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the way Hollywood goes, right? Bill and Ted face the music. Actually, Bill and Ted have been, uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters uh, have been trying to make Bill and Ted 3 for a long time and they've been pushing spec scripts and doing all sorts of stuff. And finally it is happening and I think that it will be excellent. So I'm stoked. That's, that's a revival I can get behind. Unlike a lot of this other stuff. How are you two doing? Bo? A new Terminator movie. Well, there's a new Terminator movie in it. But um, to answer Crofton's question, his nice hosting question, I'm actually doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. We had an exacerbating hour and a half, pre-show fixing computer problems so now that i'm not doing that i actually feel pretty great if this show is known for anything other than witty repartee and refined conversation it definitely is computer problems and technical problems on the back end uh speaking of which michael are you with us still yes can you hear me yes but sometimes you disappear and sometimes you come back and sometimes you're Oh, that's okay. Uh, that, we will. Yes. Well, I have some interesting, well, kind of interesting news. It's not really that interesting, but uh, I, I am now an Uber driver. <laughs> are you? I don't mean to laugh. It's just it's. This is an insane thing. <laughs> are you it an Uber funny driver the... or a Lyft driver or both? Both. Oh um, my God! You heard it here first. I'll do. Or so the internet told me. And uh, the, yeah, the funny thing about it mostly is because it makes absolutely no sense for me to do this <laughs> in any way other than I'm like, why not? I have made like five drives total. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not exactly earning money doing it, but it's sort of fun. You can drive people around town. Yeah. So you're you're working for both companies at the same time is working that- wor- working for is a stretch i have downloaded the apps <laughs> and then sometimes the phone tells me to pick someone up when i when i ask it to so which one is better see this is a, this is also the interesting thing they seem to me 
identical. Like, like yeah. so identical that I'm like, why don't they just merge already into one app? Like, there is so little, like, the documentation you need. I mean, and this is probably dictated by laws of the land where you're driving. Identical. The processes are identical. Like, the you, the interface is almost identical. I'd say, like, Lyft's app itself is a little bit more user friendly but marginally so they're the, they're the same thing do you get it do you uh, to use parlance that Bo would understand from the epic game store do you get a greater cut uh as a driver from one or the other of the money that you take it? i i think it's they're both based on the same thing which is like surge pricing so like if it's a busy time then the price what you get goes up and you know, that'll vary slightly between the two based on when they have less or more drivers. But honestly, it's all based sort of around rush hour stuff. So same. And I asked a few people who I drove, I'm like, oh, what do you, do you use Lyft or Uber? And some people are like, I use both. And some people were like, I like Lyft and I like Uber. And, but I didn't see any, some person liked one or the other over the other. I find it sort of strange that there are even. But, but. I guess my question is is like getting back to it is like if if somebody takes a ten dollar Uber ride, I get charged ten dollars. I know up front that it's ten dollars. How much of that ten dollars are you getting, and would you be getting that same amount of that ten dollars from Lyft? Are they both giving you eight dollars and keeping two? Like how does it work? You make slightly more on Uber, but that might just be because demand is higher. I I don't really know the ins and outs of that. Like short rides you get like four dollars <laughs> you don't get much you know or you, you drive someone halfway across town you get like 18 dollars. i don't know uh okay you you have not enlightened me in any way i feel like not i, I feel like what i want to know is who who is like is there like a competition to get drivers like because you can only be on for one of those two at any given time so at the same time this is what i've realized so if i go this is what i do and what i read other drivers are doing i i do this so limited like i'll turn on both of them and then if one gives me a ride like if uber goes you've got a ride i accept it and then i turn off the lift app and then i pick up the person drop them off and then I turn back on the Lyft app, and then I might get a Lyft ride, and then I turn off the Uber app. <laughs> and apparently, that's what all the drivers do because you never know which one you're going to get. So you, that's and you insane. Get more as your time, if you're out there doing it, you don't want to just sit around in your car or whatever. What about? Anyways, um, yeah. What about? Have you ever considered doing like Uber Eats? No, I don't want to bring food to people going to store <laughs> and pick up someone's like greasy delivery no i don't want to do that now i want greasy delivery thanks for that um Super hey i'll just order some uber eats right now i could do it uh or as we used to call it delivery no offense to uber eats and all those things but i'm like I was able to pick up the phone and get restaurants to deliver forever. I don't get what the difference of this is. The only difference is that like a lot of businesses don't have to spend money on staff anymore. So you don't have to like, it's the same when I go to a car dealership or whatever, they're like, Oh, do you want us to get you an Uber back home? They used to have a shuttle driver, but they don't anymore, nor do they have a shuttle. They don't need to because they can just like, you know, have these deals with Uber or whatever. And to me, delivery, like you used to have to have a guy that worked for your restaurant that did delivery. Now it's like, whatever we do, just 
just eat or skip the dishes or Uber so you, or like it, it, it makes sense. Like if you were, cause this is apparently what some people do. It's like, it's like an Uber. Then you turn Uber eats on. You're like, okay, I got delivery. I'll take that. You take it. And then you like, you drive to whatever part of town you drop it off. And then maybe then you just get like, and you're like, okay, now I'm a cab. And then you pick people. It's actually more efficient. It's like an integrated system. Like, does it make sense for the pizza delivery guy to just forth? Like, what if he's going back downtown and picks someone up in his car and drives him there? Like, it's really a lot of sense. A traditional cab or delivery, very like integrated. And I, I get how this stuff makes sense. And I just, I think it's neat and whatever. I like driving random people around. I will say though, cab people more than the quiet cab people. Some people, you know, they get in their cat and they're just like on their phone. I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't mind driving them. And some people want to chat your ear off and that's more entertaining. So yeah, yeah no, I got the people. impression chatting to people that they more appreciate. They most people like when I would get there, I would have like a rapport going with the Uber guy or the the Lyft guy. Uh, just just before we go into our new model of selecting a topic uh, this week, I just noticed Mike that you've. I'm, I'm not sure if you've been noticing it too, Bo, that Mike's been cutting out. Do we want to take a yeah. pause and have him like leave and come back or something like that to see if that fixes it? Or no, it won't fix it. It won't fix it. <laughs> Input settings or something. <laughs> no, I'm done fixing things for today. We're, we're going with what we got. We're going, we're going with what we're going. Okay, fine. So this is the second episode of uh, of the sort of new model. We're still working out the kinks. Last episode, Michael Hodgins brought with him a topic which he shared with the rest of us. Neither Bo nor I had any idea what he was going to talk about. The topic ended up being a bird watching. We discussed it and gave verdicts as we are wont to do. This time it falls, and this is a test of the new model, uh, it falls to Bo Schwartz to select the topic. So um, Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. We will see how this goes. Uh, don't, so, don't oversell it. It's not going to be like that. I'm going to pass it to Bo. Bo's going to say, what gentlemen. What do we decide for a sound? Do we have a the sound? topic. We're using today. the bird sound. Oh, that's right. I'm delivering it. All right. Okay. All right. So, Bo, without so further bird, ado. A bird appears in the sky. What does he have? Wait, there he is. Oh. He delivered it on a napkin. Oh, nice. All right. Props. Who so, says we don't have a budget? Our topic this week we should say this episode um topic this week is cyberpunk ah interesting the genre is it good bad or bullshit is it a bullshit genre and the reason i bring this up and the reason why this is a fascinating facet of conversation and you can tell me what you think about it but um at one point i was curious um, so the word cyberpunk, first of all, is, I think it's actually trademarked, at least in the US, if not in other places, is actually trademarked by the person who does a pen and paper role playing game called Cyberpunk 2020. There's going to be a cyberpunk video game. Um, but what's, what's interesting about the term cyberpunk is that you tend to think of seminal works of written fiction like William Gibson's Neuromancer as cyberpunk, but it's not actually any of those authors or Philip K. Dick, uh, I think is often thought of as the first author of cyberpunk style works it was actually coined by another person a science fiction author to describe it 
the genre and then that person said that that was a mistake to call it cyberpunk and has been trying to walk it back and i think through a period of his life stamp out the notion of the genre as being like not reflective of what it is but you know who, who is this person hang on let me look it up here um cyberpunk lawrence pearson Lawrence Pearson has attempted to find the content ethos of the cyberpunk literary movement, stating classic cyberpunk characters were marginalized, alienated loners who lived on the edge of society in generally dystopic futures where daily life was impacted by rapid technological change and ubiquitous data sphere of computerized information and invasive modification of the human body. So um, there was a term coined for it. And then he was trying to come up with a better term to coin that genre of fiction. But cyberpunk, unfortunately is stuck like cyberpunk in the, in a, in a colloquialism, it's like low life meets high tech, but most cyberpunk works are way, you know, are forms of science fiction and social commentary that are way more nuanced and involving than a bunch of, you know, punks who have computerized guns. Basically. Grit gritty is also, like sure, a noir kind of atmosphere. Yeah, it is funny because uh, I I get like you know you you come up with a, a term for a genre and then you don't like your own term or whatever and you're trying to walk it back and all that. But but for me, what what I find interesting about cyberpunk is a genre is I I've read a lot of um, not only have I do I enjoy cyberpunk in general and in, in, in works. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's good, bad or bullshit. Um, Cause I, I, I think it's more complicated than that, but I, I definitely enjoy cyberpunk works um, and concepts, but not uniformly. Like sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll be exposed to something that is, that is considered cyberpunk and be like, Oh, you know, this, this did do it for me. But that said, when I hear something is cyberpunk, it, it it attracts me more towards that work and like art people say i don't know i don't know much about art but i know art when i see it i know that there's a lot of things that are associated with cyberpunk um you know uh human modification uh obviously you know science fiction futurescapes like blade runner esque dirty noir corporation run futurescapes sort of a punk ethos or whatever um uh, what is, what is, uh, Mike, remind me the, um, the, the graphic novel, I, I think Warren Ellis, uh, with Spider Jerusalem, uh, was that the metro trans metropolitan tra- trans metropolitan, like, um, like th- that sort of, you know, 1980s punk mentality, uh, a lot, a lot of that stuff, like I, like art, I know cyberpunk when I see it, but I wouldn't necessarily be able to read you, uh, even taking out a Wikipedia article or whatever, say like, I can tell you perfectly, like, this is cyberpunk or this isn't. Mostly it's a, a style of, of science fiction that is rooted more in our, our real world, I find, than, than stuff like, uh, uh the other side of the galaxy type science fiction or, or, uh, um, also, so, think go of, ahead, Mike. Yeah, when when I think of um, cyberpunk, and well, and this is probably true of lots of science fiction. Um, whenever an author is trying to create something, they're trying to think think about the future. They're trying to project trans possibilities, 
um, especially kind of the harder science fiction, the one that's more like looking at what's happening in society now and envisioning what things will be like in a hundred years or something like that, you know, as opposed to like fantasy science fiction. But so they're always trying to project ahead and create this world that doesn't exist. But I find that what ends up happening is it, it, it ends up, um, it's like stamped on the time in which it was created. So like when I think of cyberpunk, I think of the eighties. Now right. it was never, none of this was ever set in the eighties, but it has this eighties grittiness to it of stuff that was happening in the eighties, like looming cool, like cold war stuff and like crime on the rise and um, rich and poor. Like it just had this grittier how we think of a lot of things from the eighties and, and the sci-fi that was generated in that time, which spawned, of course, this whole genre, cyberpunk. It's like stamped from the eighties for me. And, and, and as a counterpoint to that, I would just think of like, just envision um, Star Trek, the next generation. These. When you think of that show and like the drapery of it, it just, I look at it, it's meant to project in the future, but all I think of is the nineties. If I see an episode of Star Trek, the next generation, like it's just, it's still, it's stuck in its own time. And I guess that punk is, it is its own genre. It continues, there's new works, but yet it still has that kind of, and I think it's this, but I think that's kind of part of the appeal of it too, that it has this film noir, this grit, this kind of, it's almost, it's dystopian. Um, You know, it's almost always like this hard future technology, but still like the, the problems, you know, that the society hasn't overcome these problems. It is no way utopian, if anything, dystopian. And I don't know, those stories tend to draw people in. Like we like things like stories, which can be cyberpunk, but aren't always, they're like, but there's something about those things, which I think to me, so totally like i feel like if you look at the real world you we feel like we're making sort of grand progress and cyberpunk kind of offers this future of like yeah technology's moving but you're gonna have the problems you're still gonna have these deep issues you know 100 years from now just gonna have a tech technology overlay right right so i i, I, I gotta oh, oh sorry Go you ahead. guys go continue. You're having a conversation about. The, oh no, the I aspect. I was just gonna say about the '80s element. Like I I definitely agree with it. But like one thing, like I agree with what Mike is saying. But I uh, one of the it's all about sort of the works of cyberpunk that you kind of identify with. And I have this weird relationship with cyberpunk where the works that I identify with tend to be the pop works and not the creative. Um impactful works like i i would argue the two most impactful uh pop culture or sorry two most impactful creative works at the beginning of cyberpunk no offense to mike pondsmith and the the cyberpunk pen and paper game is is blade runner uh the the movie and uh neuromancer the william gibson uh book I have tried to read neuromancer multiple times and i have always dropped off i Blade Runner is like it's like a good movie, but but I never got into it to the level I I love the the aesthetics. Um, I even preferred I read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the book that it's based on, it, and I almost I almost prefer that in terms of getting involved in the narrative. There's something that I didn't latch onto. It, it, there's a coldness, to, and there is to cyberpunk in general, but there was something about Blade Runner that didn't necessarily do it to me. 
but on the other hand, stuff like The Matrix, which I think people would consider pop, you know, much more uh, pop culture, cyberpunk, or the Deus Ex video games. Um, I love, I love those games. I love, I love The Matrix, uh, and I definitely don't like. I consider The Matrix cyberpunk, but I don't consider it 1980s. I definitely like. It has that the feel of the late nineties, early two thousands for me. And I, so I appreciate the eighties ethos ethos of where, where it comes from, but I do think a lot of works that are cyberpunk now kind of reflect, and maybe this is to Mike's point, reflect the time that they're, they were developed in. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to clarify what I said at the top about the genre of cyberpunk, because I actually misattributed uh, the, <clears throat> the the history a little bit um i believe there was there was an author uh, there have been cyberpunk style works before um you know philip k dick and there were short stories coming from um william gibson but it was this bruce Bet- betke who he actually wrote a short story called cyberpunk and it was from that story where he coined it by titling it cyberpunk that everyone took that title and started describing that and attributing that to the works like philip k dick and all that and it was this Bruce individual who wanted to walk back the term. Like, it, I don't think he coined it as in much that he created a story called Cyberpunk, and it was to describe, I think, that atmosphere. But he was trying to call the genre neuromantics, or like, and as a pun on neuromantics, <laughs> a term used for new wave pop music movement that had just occurred in Britain, but the term did not catch on. Um, but he was. <laughs> just, why? But it's just one of those things where it's like. <laughs> You know, you kind of think like, oh, these authors invented a genre, but I think it came about more organically where one person wrote a story, titled it, just whatever, the cool thing for their thing, and then everyone took that title. No one remembers the short story, clearly. It's in the Wikipedia page, so someone does, but none of us know that history, that it was a short story whose title, you know, got co-opted to describe a genre. And um, it's funny because so much of it, like, I, I mean, and maybe this is my own re- my own reading of this rather than obviously I'm not reading the Wikipedia entry on cyberpunk or anything like that. So I don't know all the history. But when I think of it and I know I said already, I think the 80s and I think of so many like the it's the imagery of it that um, so like to Crofton's point, Blade Runner made in the 80s, the movie. And really, it's like it's like in some ways, that's almost the epitome of what. I think of in terms of scenery, the drapery, the overlay of it. But yet I've also read Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep and they do not seem that similar to like when I read the book and when I, and I've read a lot of Philip K. Dick, I don't think cyberpunk necessarily the way it's written. And he did a lot of his writing in the sixties. Um, it has a different feel. I mean, it's certainly science fiction. Um, being a great writer. I don't always think cyberpunk, but if I think of like, say, RoboCop, the movie, I'm like, I think, uh, and a whole bunch of 80s films like have that, uh, because at the time, again, it was just like, thing of the 80s, this grit meets technology, and especially sort of clunky technology, where it seems like, like blocky, just because of the technology of the time, you know, like, like now it seems almost silly to like to write a science fiction story now. Um, in cyberpunk um, sort of it can to my mind can only be done as an homage to it because if you look at technology now and think about what things will be like in 50 years from now it'd be silly to think it will look anything like in the 80s 
um it won't clearly so like so but i mean in some ways that solidifies it as a genre because there's nothing wrong like i like the imagery it's cool it has a place but it solidifies it as a genre in the sense that like to to assume that imagery is anything that's going to happen so it, it almost becomes more like a like fantasy really to write something in with that drapery and that, and that sort of imagery that we associate with, uh, with cyberpunk. So are are you saying, and like, I'm I'm just curious about this, that like cyberpunk has had its day and that essentially all new cyberpunk content at this point is, you know, redundant content and that it's moment is past. Is that it? Well, you you focused on the stereotypical aspects of what cyberpunk is film noir, low lives, the the subjects of cyberpunk have never been more prescient and modern cyberpunk doesn't look like the 80s aesthetics now i know we have the cyberpunk video game coming up which really captures the 80s aesthetic uh intentionally with that's what i mean but but there's room so uh, a particular television show i i consider cyberpunk although i could see an argument not is mr robot and mr robot is a show about a hacker and rather than be like 20 or 50 years of the future, it's present day. It's about a hacker living in the world today. But it 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 has all of the things that are consistent throughout cyberpunk stories that we haven't discussed, which is decentralization of government and corporate control. Uh, Illuminati, secret agencies who control, uh, you know, who puppeteer um, uh, states and companies, uh, you know, corporate espionage paramilitary um you know just uh proxies like just that things are never what they seem there's always a person behind the person substance abuse Lo- like the, that you know mr robot has the low life the characters in there is street samurai right in, in that show that show is as cyberpunk as it gets without actually being any of the stereotypes you mentioned and and so and that's a great work of contemporary pop culture in the cyberpunk show. Have you seen Mr. I wouldn't, Robot? I wouldn't. I've seen Mr. Robot. I like It's a great show. Yeah. On your recommendation. It's really good. Um, I would not consider it cyberpunk personally. Though I do. And I wouldn't. But you wouldn't disagree with, with anything I said about what it has. Which is I just don't think cyberpunk. it fits that aesthetic. Because I think you could basically take Dune. That's cyberpunk based on a lot of those things. But Dune is not cyberpunk. No, it's would, epic fantasy. Like I wouldn't put exactly. it in that genre. Talk about those things like drug but, but, use, but like the technology. The social commentary is prescient. Like it's very, it's very one to one. But look, that that I mean, look, most fiction is going to have the kind of commentary on society. Like, like that's no, no, what. But on technology, right? On the fiction side of things, like it's society yeah, but that's dealing also with what... the rapid technological change that they're facing and the fact is we are currently facing rapid technological change right like that's because yes cyberpunk no, era I mean, is now this... is it that's what science fiction does like like science fiction is dealing with that's the broader genre cyberpunk is the subgenre and it has specific things which are attached a lot to See, its I, to its imagery. It's not a subgenre of science fiction. It completely is. <laughs> like, what, what? What do you mean? You think it's its well? I mean, it, I, you could say I guess so, but like, I feel like in science fiction, there's a lot of license 
the science part is very dubious, right? But I, and not to say that everything checks out in a cyberpunk film, but that the predictions and near future things are much more prescient like, and immediately. No, no, relatable. see, like, you, look, have you read, say, Orcs and Crake by Margaret Atwood? No. Well, for that matter, I've never read any Margaret Atwood. You're cutting out a lot, so I can't, I, I'm not hearing the senses. Mm, you should read Orcs and Crake. You would like it. I probably uh, Margaret Atwood I can't absolutely <laughs> would. I don't know what you think Margaret Atwood is about, but if you read it, you would be like, oh, it's about genetic modification, sure. near future things, sure. corporate control. Like It basically exactly what you said cyberpunk is. That's what Orcs and Crake is. But think it's cyberpunk and i would not call it cyberpunk uh even though it fits everything you you, what you described as cyberpunk and i think because it doesn't have the yeah we can't hear you like you're cutting out a lot i'm not understanding what you're half of what you're saying unfortunately and and yeah mike do just to just to add on to Bo's thing, we can really not understand you at this point like like, just disconnect and come back real quick yeah hold on i'll try to come back uh, so we are taking a pause, folks. <laughs> the show brought to you by Blue Microphones uh, and yeah, Apple Laptops. The, They're reliable. Welcome back, Michael. Any better um, name? No, it doesn't look. It doesn't no, look. it doesn't, yeah. doesn't appear. I think be. you should tell everyone to stop using Netflix in your house. Yeah. But, okay, uh, how about... But I'm not, I'm getting... No, normally I get lag from you guys. Yeah, Same. you're you're sounding a bit better now, but your camera is still... It, it, Anyway, the, let's, the camera's not related to the. Hold on, let me try one more. Um, I feel like keeping on going because I have something to say to you. Yeah, I know. It's funny because I wasn't sure if this topic would be good. I barely had a chance to say anything. You guys have been so like, but Mike's no, dropping said, out you... so much. I, <laughs> it's just gotten okay. Really worse. How, hello, is that any better? I mean, yes, we'll have no? to see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we don't know right yet. What about that? Is that any better? Worse? Better? Yeah. It so seems far, it's better. better. Yeah, it seems better. Okay. Well. All right. So uh, yeah. I'm so so just to recap, Mike was selling a Margaret Atwood novel to uh, Bo about saying that it is he doesn't consider it science fiction, but Bo would enjoy it. Uh, doesn't consider it cyberpunk, but Bo would enjoy it anyway. Uh, Bo, please continue. Uh, right. Can I so, finish my thought? Because well, I, I mean, I don't want to get down too part of a rabbit hole, but what is and what isn't science fiction and shit that's like that? That's what the, the, the yeah, but that's like an endless. That's an endless tunnel. No, because but like, but you're one thing. Uh, and and what I'm gonna Sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. It's just I yeah. know you're trying to express an idea and I'm not gonna be able to yeah. interface with you in a way that's not gonna be frustrating because you're dropping out. Alright. Yeah. Yeah, so that's I why I, that's also why I'm trying to discourage that's I mean, why well that's why I'm just trying to discourage the argument about what is is not genre fiction like cyber i think like i, I it yeah, might make for a good conversation but we're gonna cross talk a lot and and it's not yeah there's got to be sh- short clippets i think for, for it to continue to work i would just i would just say to both of your points mike mike's point about cyberpunk being a subgenre of science fiction i 100 percent agree i think that like if you cyberpunk is science fiction it's just a type of science fiction but i would say that that uh to bo's point about mr robot like Mike doesn't see it as, as cyberpunk, but it like you could, uh, uh, Bo does. And 
that's the thing about these genres. It it becomes tough to label. Pro, pro, like I did a I cursory to... Google search just to see, and tons of people yeah, have well, classified uh, Mr. Robot as a cyberpunk show. But yet, I I a hundred percent see why it would be debatable. Let right? me like, let me just put it this way because we're. I think I'm being too binary about how I'm saying it. Where it's like. It's not this, it's not that. We're both being that way. And I, what I would suggest is that genres prioritize or are known for particular archetypes more so than I was. Like, you can do a Western that also has elves in it, and it's a fantasy as well as being a Western. You know what I mean? Like, so then you, like, your genre definitions fall apart when things mix up. I would say that cyberpunk features more, the science fiction is not front and center. Even though the technology and the laser lights are all in your face, you're never um, really confronted in most cases with um, – you're never really confronted with scenarios in science fiction that really go in depth or challenge um, big science fiction type ideas, I guess, if that makes sense. Like it's it's more it's more prescient. Like the fact that – you have a fully functioning AI in a cyberpunk story is really not that unimaginable considering we're working on AIs and, and it's, we're, we're very near to that same with virtual reality and, and um, you know, understanding neuroscience and, and experimentation with drugs and, and you know, all the things in a cyberpunk setting to me, like that stuff's like, it just kind of takes a, backseat if that makes any sense it's it's front and center but like when i think of science fiction i think of like big ideas like you know those big like uh, there's a book i was reading uh, got like five pages <laughs> but you know we're like a, a race of alien people had three genders and what a society look like when they have three genders and it's just like that's not cyberpunk really at all even though gender issues do come up in it but we're not going to other worlds and exploring alien races like Ender's Game isn't really cyberpunk, right? It's like this is no, there's, it, there's a, they're fighting an ant race somewhere else. Like there's a distinct no, of like course. silo where science the science fiction of it only extends to certain aspects of it, and I feel like it's not no, the most I, important part. If that makes sense, but I, I I sort of think it is the most important part. It's, science fiction is like it, to, to the extent that like Lord of the Rings is an epic fantasy, but there's the, the Carnival Road, the show that was just released on Amazon, is another type of fan fantasy, and it would it would be like an urban steampunk. Like steampunk is a classification, yeah, okay, a subclassification, right? Yeah. Just like cyberpunk is a sure. subclassification because, of science fiction because of steampunk and in cyberpunk, the science fiction I guess deals with specific technology, and science is like geology and medicine. Like science, broad well, terms, isn't computers. But science, you know, it isn't tr robot arm. Like it isn't specific science fiction imaginings, right? Like there isn't a cyberpunk genre where we talk about geology. <laughs> like we're, we're, where the geology of a planet somehow matters. We're like in a Star Trek episode, the geology might be what's causing a problem affecting the indigenous peoples of the planet. And, and, and so when I, I guess that's what I mean about that conversation is what I'm saying. Like it's just ah. the, the science fiction. Okay. It's the science fiction in it, but it's, it's, there's very specific topics, and it relates to the the technologies that input impact us specifically, computerized and 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 and, and, and cybernetic, you know, like, like body enhancement type things. 
for sure. Computers. It's specific. It's, it's specific, specific to, to something. Our society today, where science fiction is like it could be like anything. But yeah. science fiction is speculative fiction. It speculates on what the future would be sure. like and, yeah, and, okay. and that yeah, sort of stuff. Sure. So cyberpunk, for me, it, it falls into that 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 bucket. It's just like another thing that cyberpunk constantly does. I find, and I used the Matrix as a reference point earlier, but there's a lot. There's often. Um, some sort of a hype neurospace or like hacking or whatever, where you're in like computer world, virtual reality, that that's a trope that comes up often. And honestly, that's one of the, like, you know, with, with types of fiction or types of anything, you enjoy certain things, but maybe you don't enjoy other things so much. Like, like the, the, the corporations and all of that stuff that are omnipresent in cyberpunk, I'm not as big into, but I really do like like the the virtual worlds or whatever when they when they go into these larger sort of uh, you know ha- their giant crime sprees like a neuromancer that are happening in in a virtual space like that's something that I get on board with. I generally like cyberpunk. My thing is just I'm curious. Is its time passed? Like, is this a, an outdated? Like, um, do I like it for nostalgic reasons? Is it? Is it now? Is it now over? And I'm not. Would it appeal in the same way to the new generation as it appealed to me? As Mike said, kid growing up in the 80s, 90s, and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't have an answer. For, I don't necessarily have an answer okay. for that. Do you guys have like a favorite cyberpunk work in any genre, Mike? But but just to um answer answer in a bit, um because I do think that I don't its time has passed in the sense that it's still like pool right like it, people people like it because it, it's fun. I mean I think at this point kind of genre um really like I mean it I I think take is like social commentary may have passed a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and that now it's more like an overlay on a story you know you can tell any kind of story and you can put an overlay on it like fantasy and dragons or whatever or you can put a, a cyberpunk overlay on it and that's cool it, it, it adds it adds um, feeling to, to a piece right and maybe that's part of the feeling you're going for you know um, say post-apocalyptic fiction right which is which 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 seems ever, perennial. It's always good. Everyone loves <laughs> good post-apocalyptic fiction. So same with cyberpunk. You can bring it up. I think maybe it's commentary. I'll say, but it like anything, it could still um, uh, elements of today, and you could you could put that overlay on it, and it would be a good story. And I mean, really, ultimately, with any fiction, you want to get someone to engage with the thing and hopefully take something away. So I, I don't think it's past. I mean, what I like, I mean, I like Philip K. Dick stuff a lot. And mm-hmm. when I read it, when I was reading a lot of, of his short stories, I wasn't, I, I never really thought cyberpunk, but as we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, it clearly is. And with his, I goes into the um, virtual worlds and that kind of thing as well. It's, it's like, what is reality? Like whenever you see Philip K. Dick stuff, like, who am I? Or is this real? Um, or is the other thing real? Are my memories true? Or are they like, like things where it's like mind bending? What's the real narrative? What is the fiction? What is the truth? What can I believe? I love that kind of stuff. Hey, Dick is like, but 
My to answer, uh, like I also like Philip uh, K. Dick stuff quite a bit. I would say that I like um, skew more to uh, like I and I've showed my hand a bit. Like obviously, The Matrix is something you know I like that. I I like the pop pop stuff that stuff that in a way has a glossy uh, sheen. Um, I like uh, there's an a novel by this author Neil Stevenson called Snow Crash, and it is uh, it is very akin to what is going on in the um, the cyberpunk video game that's being released based on the the, the the pen and paper game. And I like I like that a lot. Um, I didn't really, as I mentioned, get into Neuromancer, which is one of those definitive works of uh, uh, of, of cyberpunk. Um, and on the, like, on the video game front, like, whenever there's a video game that has cyberpunk elements on it, I'm like an easy sell. Like, to Mike's, to Mike's point about the, um, that you just put a layer on it, it's like, you could take a concept and be like, let's, uh, let's do that concept, but make it cyberpunk and craft and be like, oh, I'll play that, you know? So I, I get, I get into it. And that includes, like, obviously the big games like DSX, but there's this game called, uh, flashback the quest for identity or whatever uh that that came out when i was a kid it gets remade constantly or or, or re-released constantly and it, it and just that that uh graphics were limited but it used like certain animations to evoke a mood right like and it's the mood that it that it evoke it evokes rather that uh that that makes it sort of attractive. Like you, you wouldn't necessarily want to live in a cyberpunk world, but like, it's really cool to visit it. You know, like you're generally, it seems like they seem like pretty shitty places to live. Oh, and um, I know this is going to be a, a, a bone of contention. I'm sure with Bo, but altered carbon, which came out on Netflix. Oh, I think it was, yeah. I think it was based <laughs> on a book. Oh. I really like that series and I'm totally on board for season two. So uh, I'm going to uh, yeah, give the benefit of the doubt to the books maybe. Cause you know, but it's just like a glorified action show. It was pretty boring as far as science, uh, cyberpunk is concerned. Don't you know. listen to him. Awesome. So, Bo, what what uh, what's um, you? best work? It's tough. I like I kind of like them all, but <laughs> I just um, I think I really like a Scanner Darkly. That's a favorite one of mine. Um, you know, it's the movie, the Richard Linklater movie with the animated yeah. Keanu Reeves. Um, I like that In one a lot. Classic Philippine. I mean, I've Dick watched it like four or five drug. times. Like, I just I love that movie and. I, I've never seen that one. It's it's so depressed. It's like a super. It's a big downer movie. Like you oh, wanna, yeah. like, oh, like 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 it. if you like I a good like downer it. at the end of your movie, that's like like top uh, five downer movies. And it's not downer in a way. You know, like a downer movie might be like a family gets killed. You're sad. They all got killed. It's even worse than that because it's not that dramatic. Like it's not dramatic. Like some tragedy happened. It's like anti tragic. It's so like a whimper, or and it's just beautiful. Just the way it. You're just like, oh. We should have a scanner darkly party and all sit on the couch and watch it together. <laughs> we should. It's super good. And then uh, and then cry. <laughs> so, uh, but I think I have uh, to say, like my favorite, uh, my favorite like work of cyberpunk fiction is pro- like in, in terms of I don't want to say video. I guess video content, dramatic arts. It's the Matrix trilogy, which is a fourth one coming. They just announced it. And Neo, uh, Keanu what Reeves, they made? Matrix they made Force. two others. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And by the way, those sequels are good. I'll fight anyone. Um, 
<laughs> uh, Matrix is a compelling piece of video art. And then for books, I think the one I was just glommed onto and loved the most was Virtual Light by William Gibson. It was, it was like my first, I'd read that before I'd ever read Neuromance or something. It was about these, it was about these Google Glass sunglasses, literally before Google Glass was ever even a thing. Um, and you could put them on and find out all kinds of information. And it was hot new technology that corporations were all trying to vie to kill. And I believe if I recall correctly, the protagonists had a, you know, prototype that it could hook into like, I think government information feed or something like that. You could just find out information by putting the glasses on. And at the time I read that, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have cell phones. I don't even think we had car phones when we read that. Like, the whole concept that we're living today is in this book, and we are dealing with the ramifications of having this technology. Like, Google Glass is not a thing due to privacy concerns, you know, which is sort of an unexpected term. But we would have it if it weren't for damn privacy concerns. If only we could reduce (laughs) human rights, we'd have a better Uh, cyberpunk future. But yeah. what, what about uh, by, by is, that you mean more dystopian, well, horrible? Views. And I say that, but like um, in China, law enforcement are using f- facial recognition to accost people. Like if you were caught on a CT camera jaywalking, yeah. which we did an episode on this, we're super guilty jaywalkers on the three of us. Um, they could like they don't have glasses, but pretty much they'd probably put glasses on you, facial recognize, Crofton steers, jaywalk 46 times at the intersection near his house, arrest, arrest for the Chinese government. And they, they would get you, um, that way. So supposedly the protests in Hong Kong recently, they were knocking over those, those, sure. those well, uh, yeah, you don't, it's protests, you're cameras. in a database forever. And now yeah. you, anytime you come up on a policeman's, uh, virtual light glasses, they're like, Oh, he rioted in, in in the Hong Kong riots. We should arrest him, at least quite detain him for questioning and intimidate him. Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Hey, question. Question. Uh, speaking of uh, of like what is and what is not cyberpunk in our favorite cyberpunk works, is Terminator cyberpunk? No. See, it's it's funny that you're like. It, uh, yeah, because I mean, it's a good question. Cause it's because it's like having guns like, and robots. Because, yes. like, Isaac Asimov, Asimov's foundation, like, robot science fiction is not cyberpunk. It's decidedly not. Oh, so, just because you have a I'm robot not... from the future shooting shit up, uh, in the, yeah, it's not cyberpunk. I, the time travel thing maybe throws it. it. Yeah. Time, yeah. For, yeah. for me, it's, it's, I guess, it's a, you know the 80sness especially i'm i'm thinking of the original terminator the movie that's just called the terminator like not not thinking about any of sort of the sequels and then him arriving and then just like just like i don't know like it feels um I feel like it, i i know what you mean it has the feel but the 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 time travel aspect i think really is really, it was right. when we were talking about the favorite things and i must say my favorite 80s movie probably of all is the original total recall uh with schwarzenegger and the like campy um sets and stuff but i'm like i love it and and the remake of it in parts of it and i'm like i hate it i hate it uh but <laughs> because the overlay of the like the 80s I don't know what when that came, was it. It might have been early nineties. It was totally ninety one, I think. But like Just to be the, fair, we're in Canada, and the eighties only came here in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, and again, I <laughs> pretty much, and again, I, I read the the book version, which is you can we can sell your memories to you wholesale 
is what, what it was called, the Philip K. Dick book. And yeah. again, didn't have that same kind of feel, but there's something about that movie that is so like cyberpunk in that way that like I like it. Like when they go to Mars and it's just like this cruddy thing with mutants and people. <laughs> it's like I'm like, I, I can't get enough of that. But it is funny because that the looks of those 80s th- properties, like, um, and, and you know, like the, um, Bo, you may remember in Total Recall at one point, like one of the iconic scenes is when he goes in the bar uh, with the the, the three breasted alien woman or something like. But it is it is like a, a seedier version of like the Moss Eisley Cantina scene. They're not aliens, where, though, right? They're like mutants, right? They're mutants. Got mutated. That's right. No, yeah, they're all mutants and all that. And it's all it's but like that scene where he comes in and all this. It, into that that area it, it really does have that kind of like if they had just said say that instead of on mars it was on earth and whatever like although i don't think like going to mars well i guess mars is far enough Fuck. It, that, that takes it out of what i would consider uh, necessarily <laughs> cyberpunk but cyberpunk. but it's get your but, ass to mars i mean you know blade runner has this a divorce blade runner has the outer worlds like they don't go to the outer worlds but they do reference that there are many outer worlds. I don't. I don't. I think maybe the Mars part's okay. I still can call it cyberpunk. It's yeah, it it definitely wrestles with a lot of themes that I find generally interesting. It, but just the layer and the gloss of cyberpunk, I find uh, interesting because it correlates with hard sci-fi. So, which I gravitate more to as I get older, as opposed to the fantastical, like borderline fantasy sci-fi that I loved so much when I was younger. Right mm. now, now if there's some, if there's added believability to it, I'll buy, I'll buy into it further. Um, yeah. Same. Are I you... like that. And it's fu- it's funny because, again, like I was bringing up Orcs and Crake, um, which and Margaret would describe solely as speculative fiction. But again, you're talking about like corporations, genetic mutations. It doesn't have the same overlay. Um, and and that, again, I, you know, I don't want to get hung up on this. Like, cyber- is cyberpunk really just um, visual cues? um that that set it off it's almost like it's the set design that that like goes such a long way to be like what feels like cyberpunk and if it doesn't have that it doesn't necessarily feel like it well that's why i like that's why i like scanned artly as an example because that just takes place in is it in la it's some california city it just looks like there's nothing about in that film that screams like giant buildings and and you know that dystopic future it's just you know what I mean? Like, but it's still distinctly in that genre. That's why I say like a lot of the hallmarks for me, which is why I look at something like altered carbon and be like, nah, that ain't it. Um, is because it's missing a lot, a lot of those elements, you know, it does have the paramilitary aspect to it, but it's just, I don't know. Maybe I just it's, don't it's, like it. Maybe in, it is in, cyberpunk. In but altered like carbon. It. Well, yeah, in Altered Carbon, it has a lot of like that that whole identity. So it does have that repl- st- replicants yeah. and, and like you, your your sure. your consciousness sure. goes into your stack, which is transferred from body to body. Yeah. Like there is, I I got into this book at one point, uh, or I really tried to get myself into this book called The Wind Up Girl, and it was it's considered biopunk essentially, but it, it's I read it has, some of that too. I think it, yeah, and it has a lot of like it deals with a lot of. Uh, all like the alter um alterations of stuff like your your 
food foods and 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 uh, stuff like that. And there Thailand. Is, uh, yeah. So what was so challenging about it is whenever you read a friggin' science fiction book, you have to buy into like the science fiction lingo. Like, so if you're reading some cyberpunk book, you've got to learn, okay, like, like you read the first paragraph of Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, it introduces like four terms that you're like, what the fuck is all this stuff? I don't know what it means, but you do eventually, right? That's how they get you. Like they disorient you, they throw you into this world. But here it was like, in that book, it's like, because it's set in Thailand and deals with a lot of Taiwanese culture stuff, there was like, I was lost because of the science fiction stuff, but sometimes, but also because of this other stuff. And they would even be talking about their fruits, which are like common fruits there that I have legitimately never heard of. So I'm like, is that a made up fruit or is that a real fruit? You know, so it made it very challenging read for sure. I didn't make it to the end. Uh, I also didn't make it through that book, and I in my head I was like, "This is clearly written by someone while they backpacked through Thailand, and just was like, oh, I'll use this experience to serve as a backdrop to my story." Um, I appreciate it in some ways, but I also didn't make it through that book for some reason. Uh, um, you guys uh, have recollections of Akira Ghost of the Shell? Those are also the, I, the, the two prominent Akira, Akira and uh, yeah. Cy- uh, Ghost of the Shell are the two prominent cyberpunk anime, which I haven't seen either of them in a long time. But I did see the Ghost in the Shell movie, which I actually liked quite a bit. I thought it was quite faithful and, and good film. I haven't seen either of them ever. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you need to watch I Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. Akira, I think, is good, too, but it's been too long. I can't. Akira, I think of, like, watched got, it young enough, like, in my horror teens. horror elements to it, right? It's definitely kind of messed up, like, yeah. and, it, and it makes me kind of feel uneasy when I think about Akira. Like, at the end, when, all, when his body's, like exploding with pain it's really weird whoa spoilers uh, yeah and it's it's a downer too akira from what i remember i mean cyberpunk I, generally is a downer genre right like th- yeah think of the ending of star wars and then think of all the cyberpunk content you've read and how many are similar <laughs> like I a mean, new hope like think of a new hope and the end of wars. a new hope <laughs> Heroes Quest, like it's a little different in that sense. It follows a really specific. I'm just saying, you don't feel good at the end of the film, you know. You feel good at the end of the Matrix. Neo is like, yeah, I'm the but, one. But it's very but hopeful. Yeah, but see, that's you know what you you raise an interesting point because I was thinking about that about me as you guys were saying it. How the nature of cyberpunk is to be kind of like a downer or whatever in many ways, and I'm like, wait a minute, all the ones I like when I classified them as like pop sci-fi, it's the ones that have like even the Deus Ex games. You become like this super powerful dude. You take out all these guys or whatever, and then it's like you are Neo or whatever. Yeah, but in and, Deus Ex, you can pick your ending, and one of them is to kill yourself or something like that, which is I yeah, think- yeah. Yeah, whatever but like that's like the, that's like whatever the it's ending. a happy ending yeah it's at the end it's like you it's like press one of three buttons or make some goddamn choice it doesn't change all the hours of being a super badass whatever guy and it's the same with with neo it's like you're right that m- moment at the end of neo uh, at the end of the matrix where where he he is like you know like but he's I not can vic- do all this shit he's not victorious right like it's sort of implied that yeah but i mean come on bo like the sequels the first movie is per- is like perfect and then the rest of them are all kind of 
you know, oh, self-indulgent. Okay. We're going to do this? All right. No, wait, no, no, just wait. Before you guys get into it, I just want to talk about the ending of that first movie. In that ending, the last scene of that first movie, he's like in a phone booth and he makes the it makes a call where he's talking essentially to Agent Smith and, and the, the all of the, you know, the, the computer people, the whatever those creatures are. I forget. But bottom line is he's like pretty much saying he's going to go kick all their asses. And then the movie literally ends with him flying into the air towards the camera and then the credits roll. And it's like a moment of like super empowerment where he's like, and he's like, you know, telling them off, telling the bad guys off. And then he's off to, you know, take, so it's, it's kind of like the complete opposite of a downer. It's like, oh yeah, kick their asses or like you feel you, you get on board. And so that, the fact that I'm attracted to those things goes to show that like, yeah, maybe I have problems or dealing with the, the heavier themes of uh, cyberpunk, like a scanner darkly, like you, you guys were selling me on it. And then you're like, yeah, it's really heavy. It's really depressing. I'm like, Oh Think yeah. About, maybe I won't what, what about a movie? Like, um, I mean, it's unfortunately Tom Cruise though. He's not so bad, but a minority report, like that's a pretty solid. Yeah. That's cyberpunk. I think. Yeah. I, it's yeah. a good movie. That's I another don't... Philip K. Dick one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... Do you remember we watched that at the cottage, at your old cottage, Hodgins, and your dad would would leave the room <laughs> and, and come back. Mike's dad for for it's just like he cannot sit still to watch span the entire of a movie. Goldfish. And so then he comes in and like in a regular movie will be like, "Who's this character? What's going on here? I don't understand or whatever." And, and uh, but what's funny about this is it's a fucking cyberpunk movie and it's super complicated and there's all this stuff going on and he would leave the room and and come back and be like, "What's this? What are they doing there?" <laughs> we watched it on VHS, which was very cyberpunk. Yeah, and then it's like, "Go back outside, Dad." Yeah, anyways, that's a good movie. So okay, I'm the host. So let me let me just bring us all into uh, to verdicts here um, on cyberpunk. Uh, should we bring in the farm animals, Bo? Is that something that we still do with this new look? Uh, I think that's something we can do. I'm just wondering what that hissing is, or is, I'm hearing a hissing. Uh, I don't know. Through. It's probably maybe, the corpse. The... the corpse are hacking into us live from that's our true. underground squad. We're probably being monitored by Mitsubishi right now. But seriously, maybe it's one of the goats that farted or something. Uh, I don't know. Here we go. Uh, verdict time, everyone. Here we're bringing in the farm animals. You guys ready for verdict time? And here we go. I can't hear the animals, but I'm assuming. Order, I said. Order in the court. All right, order in the court, everyone. Um, so I'm not going to go first because it's my topic. Yeah, you That's chose the topic. So you can you get the the normally the host would choose who goes when and where. We're still ironing you, out the details. That's right. I'll go first. I uh I actually like struggled with this one a little more than I thought. I knew that I didn't consider Cyberpunk bad by any stretch of the imagination. My my thing that I struggle with is it is was this just a great thing in terms of like 90s and 80s sensibilities? Uh, that that I young Crofton got really invested in that I'm still nostalgically attached to that is now being beaten into the ground um, by you know like companies to to put out subpar cyberpunk works that are not even really at their core cyberpunk. Um, 
Now, I admitted whenever I see the label, I'm like, oh man, I'm interested in checking that out. Like it is, it is possibly the subgenre of fiction that I am the most into. And I actually like we talked about a lot of works on the show, and I think there there aren't really that many more seminal ones that we have not touched on. Uh, there may be a few, but like really, I I don't think it's an overly saturated genre. But I do think it's back up on the rise. So the thing is that I was struggling with, is it, is it actually still good? What it definitely was to me in my younger, um, younger years, or has it reached a point of being bullshit? And I think I am going to stand and say that cyberpunk in 2019 is good. Oh, oh, and, oh, oh wait, 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 there's the And I think it's good. And uh, I, I think it's good because of all the the, the uh, elements that I mentioned earlier. And it's not the it's not the things that that most people will say, which is struggling with the the weighty themes of identity. All the things that Bo mentioned earlier, which I think like are all really interesting themes. It it relies a lot more for me on what Mike said about it just being cool. And for some reason, I think. The worlds of cyberpunk are really cool. Like when I see them, I love the atmosphere. I love the vibe. It just, it just feels great to, to consume shows or, or read books or, or play video games in these worlds. And so I keep coming back to them or reading graphic novels for that matter. Uh, do they often have super awesome stories as well? Yes. I think that is not what gets me in the door. And if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, there's something cool about the atmosphere that grabs me each time. And for that, I am going to say that cyberpunk is still good. All right. I'll go next. We're going last, but yeah, go ahead. All right. I definitely think cyberpunk is super good. Uh, It's the best. It's the greatest genre. It's my favorite genre. It's, it's amazing. Um, I do kind of like the notion that the genre is kind of misclassified or mislabeled because I, I think cyberpunk is more than the very tropey surface level stuff that Mike was describing, but that's just probably my nerd bent and, you know, I, I'm willing to let that lie and just be like, whatever. It, it, as long as they make cool cyberpunk stuff, I'm happy with it. Really looking forward to cyberpunk 2077. Hopefully it will be uh, a fantastic piece of work. Another movie I really liked was Blade Runner 2049, by the way. That was super good. It was a critical success and a box office failure, but it was really good. The original Blade Runner is good, too. Um, Downer. (laughs) All downers. The more downers, the better. That's the point of cyberpunk. It's like how we fail to cope with the rapidly changing technology. And it's not meant to be preachy. It's just meant to be, like, horrifying. It's a form of horror. And... Mm. and You hate technology so much. You were horrified. Oh, don't by get it. distracted. Your verdict, dude. I write verdict. science fiction. What are you talking about? You don't write cyberpunk. All right. Anyway, cyberpunk's good. I'm gonna sound. Mike, your turn. Initially, I was like, I, I'm now conflicted because I was like, initially, I was like, oh, for sure, good. No, don't hit the thing yet because I'm like, same. Basically, I would echo Crofton's. I like it. There's something cool. There's something about it that draws me in. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, really, the the genre is the overlay, is the 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 drapings, which is essentially <clears throat> the stuff without substance, <clears throat> the imagery. 
And like when I was, because in my head when I was thinking of other stuff, like like first of all, when I think when I read a lot of Philip K. Dick, who uh, is portrayed in movies, his stuff always comes off as cyberpunk. But when you read the books, it doesn't feel that way. It 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 feels more of the '60s, like when he was writing it. Um, when you read the books, I don't get that same. And I was talking with Bo, to Bo about orcs and crake and when he heard margaret atwood he was like oh i would not like it but it was it's pretty much no it's just because they're thick books sorry good but i'm like yeah and i would not classify something like orcs and crakes in the whole trilogy she wrote on i wouldn't cyberpunk but it's basically exactly the stuff just lacks that specific drapings um that Maybe I'm wrong. I almost want to lend this to Bo, this book to read to see what his take on it is because it's so cheesy. It's short. I've bought ten books in the past like couple years and have read none of them. I give up. Anyways, um, so what it makes me think is coming back to Crofton's point of like, has it has has it sort of blown its load? Is it sort of done? And I'm 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 mixed because I'm like I do I love this drapery this overlay but I feel like that's the part with no substance and that what I like is I like speculative fiction near future sci-fi based in science and that can come with the drapery of 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 cyberpunk which can be great uh, or it can come with something that's not that and it still be great. And but you can get a lot of hollow stuff that people are just like, yeah, I got my like bionic arm implant and I got tattoos and stuff, kind of badass. But really, it's in garbage. And that stuff, I would be like, yeah, that stuff's for sure bullshit. But but so, and I'm like, and is that where cyberpunk is at now? Because the kind of new speculative fiction isn't probably going to have that same overlay because it's not the 1980s anymore, and and our view of future tech looks much different than does what cyberpunk does. So, but I mean, all that to say that I'm just going to want to just play in that sub genre of sci-fi and make new stuff. And if it's fun and cool, then I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. So I'm sticking with good. Did I play a sound for you? Or are you okay? You're sticking with good. There you go. Yeah, good. Yeah. You said don't play the sound. Because I wasn't sure. I was maybe going to go bullshit. I was going to maybe be like, it's, you know, it's yeah, of the past. I got you. Yeah, it's so sure and nostalgia. You got your trumpet. So it's a trifecta today. Three goods. I, I just would, I would say, because Mike's verdict made me think of something, which, which is, um, the words on the page versus the, uh, the visual sort of, I guess, panache of something like the, the Blade Runner movie. And I think that um, what Ridley Scott did with the Blade Runner movie is really notable. That's why the movie is talked of with such reverence, I'd say much more so than the book. Uh, and and, and um, I think that visuals are actually very, very important uh, to capture the essence of what, of, of cyberpunk. And, and in many ways that those drapings that, that, that we find attractive or whatever are very, very important. Like they are, they, I get Mike's point that it's not part of, it's not necessarily the core story or the core point of the story. Um, But, but they, they are important in, in setting the, you know, the tone of that, the worlds, which are often, you know, dark, punkish, depressing places. Right. So, uh, it, it it's uh, it sounds like Mike. It sounds like you and I had a similar sort of like 
I think so. Thought process where it's like, yeah, we really, really like this, especially at certain points of our lives. But does it still like? Is it still? Um, it's, it's, but you have to. It's the it's the mass urbanization is really communicating the idea of these mega cities, which are frequently a feature of cyberpunk, but not necessary. I don't think already exist. I mean, uh, yeah, but that's right. why these—that's why the visuals of it are so prescient. But also, um, it's funny because we live in this like Instagram age, in this Facebook age, where people are taking like pictures of themselves a lot too. And I feel like cyberpunk, in the in the sense of the visuals, that like the street gear is important, the look of people is important. It sort of reflects or anticipated that about our culture. And I, I that wanted, sounds like the time to move into emails. To, to move into and, – and normally I would move right in to say, hey, this is how you email us and tell us what you think about cyberpunk. But what I would like to say first is as part of this kind of new model, uh, we're, we're playing it fast and loose a little bit. So I figured this would be a good time to, to just quickly take a look at notable cyberpunk works to see if we missed any. So I, I went online and, and did that while those guys were having, having – in the chat there and i will say that we seem to have hit most of the uh, what i would say are significant ones uh total recall mike is often considered a science a cyberpunk as it was the terminator like it's included on in here for for the for films there's other films that i haven't seen that i've heard a lot about like strange days have either of you guys seen that oh, oh, strange, strange days, days is amazing oh, love it. it's such a good movie <laughs> oh my god why don't oh. I... god damn that is a great cyberpunk film also, one of the few, you know, we mentioned Margaret Atwood. I don't know if you consider her an author, but one of the few female voices who's done cyberpunk work, uh, which I think is important. Um, um, that movie is super good. It holds up to. And there's, yeah, and uh, I guess like Ready Player One, which is not something that I would have thought of. I haven't seen the movie, but I've read the book and it's a really good book. Uh, and uh, for me, I would. I would be like, oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good one as well. It fits into kind of sort of that pop sensibility that I, uh, that I had as well. So, um, so if you have thoughts on, and you by you, I mean, our listeners have some thoughts on cyberpunk and you want to let us know what you think, what are your favorite works? Uh, do you, for some reason, think that it's overrated? Did or did you think we were out to lunch? Did you agree with us? Send us an email. Goodbadbull at gmail.com uh, is where you can reach us. And we would love to read that email on the air. You can also go to goodbadbull.com and see all of our old episodes. Um, Good Bad Bull is sort of the keyword because if you go to at Good Bad Bull on Twitter and give us a follow, you'll find out when we go live on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash goodbadbull, where we live record the episodes uh, before Bo does all that hard work and magic to get them on your uh, pod feeds in the next uh, the, the, the days following the show. So um, we would love to hear from you guys, but you can also reach us individually. We are individuals uh, and... Uh, can reach me at croft and steers on twitter bo where can people reach you uh they can find me on twitter at bo schwartz and uh michael if uh, people wanted to uh take an uber ride with you how would they do that need to take the xylax pill and then get into an alternate state of reality and then they'd find me wow that sounds complicated uh, i would just follow me at crofton uh did you say your twitter handle yet I did. Okay, perfect. So we got an email from a listener. <gasps> oh, well, that's the wrong oh. sound, but we'll let it ride. We got an email f- uh, in. We ask for emails every week, and what do you know? An email came in. 
See, this could be you, listeners. This yeah, could be you yeah. right now. What's happening right now? So we got an email from a gentleman who goes by an online handle uh, of Opera 707. Sounds uh, like a cyberpunk thing. Pretty cyberpunk <laughs> name. I mean, I never know. I don't ask what their name is, but I don't want to. I think it's fine. He's he's Opera 707. I think I've seen him in the chat rooms before. Um, he says, I absolutely love your show. It brings me great joy whenever I see a new episode in my feed. I have a topic to suggest. I would love to hear your thoughts on smoking, as I feel like it would provide some interesting conversations. That's a good one. Forgive me if you have done <laughs> this topic before. Nevertheless, keep up the great work, guys. Well, we are all bringing topics to episodes, I would say, uh, Opera 707, so I'm sure one of the three of us, or two, may put that on their list. <laughs> There's oh, definitely man. one that's probably not going to put on their smoking. list. Yeah. Well, it's probably because that's well, one of us has avoided the topic because they didn't want to talk about it. But if that's what gets brought, we, that's what gets we brought. Had a, we had a mini series of smoke watches when it's was true. Quit smoking. Are we sure we never did smoking? I don't smoke. What are you guys talking about? Greatest uh, uh, sound bit Bo ever made for this show. Yeah, too bad we don't. I don't have the mix hooked up, so you can't hear it. But I'll do it for the listeners. Just, eh, maybe I won't. We'll do it when we're just smoking. If it ever comes up, if it Make ever sure comes bring up, bring it up for the. That's a good one. Well, we'll have yeah. to make it happen. I want to do that one for he sure. He also pointed out he would like the show a little bit more if Mike's uh, mic worked a little better. Oh, really? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know your 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 sound cut out, so you just said "uck off." <laughs> Perfect. I got censored. <laughs> Uh, see, listeners, that could be you, and we could then do your topic on a future show. We really appreciate getting those, <laughs> especially all that stuff about how how much we give him joy. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I people really do enjoy the show, and the, we've been climbing up and listening numbers. So more and more of you've been jumping on <gasps> and checking it out. And welcome, welcome. You know to, what the trick is? Welcome. We to do la- less episodes. We do less episodes, we get more listeners. Maybe people are like, oh, God, like, I'll throw them a pity listen. I feel like this is sending the wrong message uh, mainly to us and our ability to meet and record the show. So let's not take it's, that lesson away from it. It's true, Bo. I think this would be a good time for you to... Um, what? Jeez, what was the word I was looking for? It's uh, show. End the show. That's it. End the show, Wait, we Bo. Didn't do, we didn't do any banter. We're going to end the show early? It was what? banter, wasn't it? There's no banter. Well, so usually so we have somebody has something funny to say, and the other one gets pissed. You're, but you're just like in the show. I guess this okay. ends like cyberpunk. Like it's not, it's depressing end. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not it's not tragic. It's not super sad. It's just like a whimper of sadness as we realize how bad our podcasting recording equipment and routine is. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, Bo. I'm gonna get... I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say on this depressing, real shitty note. Let's just end the show and live the rest of our lives what did you expect you were going to end up with a it's ended it's ended the end of this show ended
Robot Penis for both. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.